Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. It's Marshall Fant. Welcome back to ReChurch. Uh, as we start into today's episode, I want to do give one announcement. So this will be going out in June. And this will be our last podcast for the, taking a summer break. And so uh, the next podcast will be released on September 5th. So just for our listeners and our watchers, uh, just be aware of that. So September 5th, be reintroduced. But before we get to September, we got uh, June to deal with. And we have Pastor Ron Perry uh, from California with us. Brother Ron, welcome. Good to be here. Yeah, so, so glad you're with us. And and uh, I've had the privilege of being in your church for a conference, and just really enjoyed uh, meeting you and seeing your 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 burden for California. So tell us a little bit. Just introduce yourself to our to our listeners and watchers for those that that may not be familiar with your ministry there in California. Sure, I've been in California a little over twenty years, so I've lived here almost longer than I've lived anywhere else. Uh, originally born though in Travelers Rest, South Carolina. Oh, so moved a long ways away from home and came to California, served and planted a church in Southern California, and uh, was also on staff at Ironwood Christian Camp, and then moved up here to Folsom, California about uh, 12 years ago, and have had the privilege of pastoring here all those years, and I'm a California lover, so right. I say that on the front end because I'm going to say it many times. So, All right, so tell us... Um, just a little bit. So I know you have a um, wife, two children, and a German shepherd. I do. So, I, so tell us about them. Yeah, I'm outnumbered with girls. Uh, I have two daughters. I jokingly say that uh, if uh, Majesty Music produces another CD, they're going to name it after our family and call it Ocean of Emotion uh, <laughs> because of all the girls I got in my home. Uh, I had to go and get a boy dog so I could try to balance things out. So, all right. So, the name of your church? What's the name of your church? Faith Baptist yeah. Church of Folsom. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So, and and again, that's uh, for those that I mean, you're not looking at a map, but you take San Francisco, right? And how far mm-hmm. you're north of San Francisco, if I remember, is that correct? Yes. The easiest way to think of it is uh, put your finger on Sacramento, which okay. is our state capital, right. and we're one of the last suburbs outside of Sacramento on your way to Lake Tahoe. Got it. It's a beautiful area, and again, it's just gorgeous oh, yeah. area. So, I mean, it is, it is so nice. And, and, and again, uh, on top of that, you know, the Perry, uh, as far as I, I know that your daughters are big Clemson fans, so it was refreshing to go to California and see some Tiger Paws out that way. And, yeah, uh, there uh, we we very loudly uh, <laughs> broadcast that we are Clemson Tiger fans, yeah. and I consider it part of good fathering is to raise daughters that love Clemson. There you go. So. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about uh, the topic and why why I thought you could minister to so many of our listeners. Um, sure. You know, uh, Pastor Perry, one of my favorite verses <clears throat> is Isaiah forty one ten, and you know it says, "Fear thou not, for I am with thee; be not dismayed, for I am thy God." says, I will strengthen thee, I will uphold you, I will help you, I will uphold you my right hand of righteousness. So there are seasons of discouragement, doubt, uh, confusion, 
uh, in ministry, and you have um, come up with a way to minister to really, I would say, uh, pastors and their wives. Is is you know, it's a team effort, and and you do a blog called Fueling Faithfulness. All right, so I know it takes time to write this. I know it takes time to come up with ideas. So tell me, tell our listeners a little bit about um, the forming of it. What's the background? What was your burden uh, of, sure. of doing this? Um, it really it began years ago that I just have developed over the years just a real love for my fellow pastors here in California. And then over time, it kind of grew to just pretty much pastors and their wives here in the West. Even though a guy may be pastoring outside of California, there's a lot of similarities once you cross that Mississippi River coming this direction. And so it, it initially just grew out of writing on a consistent basis, our missionaries and my friends in the pastorate and looking for every opportunity to encourage them. Um, but as years go by, that list of names gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so the idea of being able to write something personal to each one was just getting to be too much. Uh, so what I began to do was just write about every other week, something that went out to a mass mailing of pastors and their wives and our missionaries and their wives that I just entitled fueling faithfulness with the idea of let's, let's just keep putting gas in the tank to stay faithful till the Lord returns. Have you noticed from your feedback or from uh, your interaction? Well, number one, thanks for having that burden. I should have said that. Thank you. Uh, but have you noticed that there, there may be certain seasons of the year where discouragement may set in um, over others? I mean, I know, I know at least in, in my church world, it was December and May were the two right. busiest months that you felt the pressure, you felt the, you know, the, the, I don't know, you know, just the responsibilities you feel, I mean, Christmas, you're, you know, you got everything leading up to Christmas day, but yet you don't have any mm-hmm. time off or, or what mm-hmm. are, have you noticed any seasons you could warn or just encourage men? Has, has, have you noticed anything like that? Or was that just me or. <laughs> You know, years ago, I, I would have identified with the May and December and recognized those seem to be typically months of difficulty for guys. I think what fueled the the fueling faithfulness was I was beginning to recognize that the discouragement was becoming almost year round. It had moved from a couple months a year to just a city steady, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out discouragement that wasn't tied to months anymore. And I think it was there in the works, but 2020 kind of just sent that right off the edge. And there was a new discouragement I was seeing that wasn't tied to months. It was seemingly more tied to just ministry in general. Uh, For the sake of our listeners now, but you started fueling faithfulness when? when? How long ago? I mean, when you started the burden uh, to write, well, I started. I, yeah, when I started writing, it would have been a couple years ago, uh, but it was more of on an individual format. Yeah. Um, it would have been over the last year that I would have started doing something more okay. uh, programmatical towards missionaries. So, yeah. do you do you think this is part of the um, ongoing lingering effects of COVID? 
I mean, the, the grind and is harder. Is, is that contributed to it, you think? Yeah, I think it did. I, in some ways, I think the discouragement was already there. COVID and wow. 2020 was the hot water that just brought yeah. it out. Yeah. And it brought it out with a vigor. Um, one of the things I have found is that 2020 forced us to be really creative. And there is an energy that it takes to be creative in ministry. Yeah. And if you're already physically tired and then you yeah. add a new expenditure of energy to be creative, it was just draining tanks dry. Yeah. And on top of that, um, you know, I'll tell people I've never been called a coward more than in 2020 and 2021. And it felt like, you know, every guy in ministry was being challenged on whether they would open, whether they'd stay closed, um, you know, whether they how they just did ministry during that right. time. It was going to please some people and it wasn't going to please others. And yeah. that took a wear and tear on guys that um, on top of their already steady weariness, it, yeah. you know, to kind of use a driving analogy, cars were starting to go off to the side of the road and just be empty. Yeah. Um, Cause guys didn't know how to keep going. Yep. I think that's, yeah. Um, and, and all right. So were there um, in, in your feedback on your writings, have there been a couple of um, topics or areas that you have found just really encouraged? In order to, are there two or three different areas of types of encouragement or areas of discouragement, if I want to do that the opposite way? Uh, mm-hmm. have, have, have you found a certain nerve points with that? If I'm understanding your question right, I... I think uh, what I would see that is the steady sources of discouragement in guys. Um, I'm actually working on an article right now that identifies four of them that I just keep seeing surface. Uh, Just because I'm a pastor, everything seems to be alliterated, whether I try to or not. My brain just thinks that way. I understand. Um, (laughs) Fueling faithfulness. Let's get get four. Four, go with that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I'll close it up with the poem. There you go. <laughs> um, the first one is drought. And I, the reason I use that word drought is it's those seasons in which there's been a lot of planting, but folks aren't seeing fruit. Okay. And, you know, they're kind of looking at the horizon of their ministry and they're just not seeing green stuff growing. Um, the other one is departures that missionaries on the field, pastors here in the West, they are just seeing people either leave the faith or everybody just seems to be on the move. Uh, They're moving from state to state. Uh, They're getting offended with their church or their pastor and going to another church. And so those are departures. Third one is difficulty. And that difficulty um, seems to be either the difficulties of ministry or the difficulties of a guy's personal life. Yeah. Um, you know, regardless of a person's position on COVID, COVID's real and people have gotten sick and um, people have seen loss in their churches. Yeah. And, um, you know, in addition to that, inflation, all the stuff that's going on, there's just an abundance of difficulty hitting guys yeah. right and left. Um, then the final one would just be basically disappointment. You know, it's the idea that they had an expectation of something. And, and it didn't happen. Um, you know, for instance, I, I know a whole bunch of guys who had vacations or sabbaticals planned that they didn't get to have it. 
missionaries on the field who wanted to come home, but they couldn't because of restrictions. Um, those four things that drought, departure, difficulty, and disappointment just seem to be the kind of the four trigger points that everybody keeps coming back to. It's one of those four or some of those four. That's well said. So, um, the men that you are, uh, even missionary women that you've had a chance to interact with about this, um, is there, is there a certain, um, certain characteristics of each one you did with the drought you explained that we had, you know, mm-hmm. planting without a harvest departure. I think we can click quickly understand that one. I mean, cause with COVID, right. so at least the, some of the people I know that were just so faithful, they just kind of went off the right. rails, um, right. difficulty. Okay. So would you expand that a little, maybe ministry life, an example, and then personal life with the difficulty there? Yeah, it's, it's a challenge in ministry when you're already having difficulties personally in your own life. And this last couple of years seem to increase the problems in other people's lives as well. And a lot of ministers and missionaries became ultimate multitaskers. They were taking care of their own struggles while trying to take care of an abundance of other struggles in the lives of other people. And that, that juggling of my own struggles and the difficulties of other people is overwhelming. And, you know, I, I found even myself at times, I, I, I would articulate to the Lord, I would say, Lord, in the midst of caring for other people, the fact that I got to struggle with this difficulty in my own life feels a bit, you know, kind of like a punch in the gut, you know, and I would, I would tell the Lord, I'd say, Lord, you know, couldn't you just give me a little bit of a break while I take care of other people? Or I would say, can you give me a break from them while (laughs) I take care of some things for me? And it's that multitasking of juggling that is overwhelming for a lot of guys. So let's just t- so let's just park right there a minute on the difficulty. Let's just say in my personal life, just like you described, Lord, I need a break either from ministry or from my personal mm-hmm. struggles. Okay, so have you right. found some go-to verses? Have you found some anchors, some biographies, or sermons, or or just extended prayer time, um, extended mm-hmm. prayer and exercise time? What, what have you mm-hmm. found, to, I mean, just personally, Pastor Ron Perry, just personally, sure. how have you fed sure. your own soul during those difficult, during that difficult time? You know, if I was going to boil it down to a couple of things, I kind of in priority, number one that has been the richest blessing to me over the last few years has been a principle I learned in re-looking at Isaiah 6. You know, Isaiah six was one of those passages that God used to get me into the ministry. You know, I was challenged by it. You know, I raised my hand and said, Hey Lord, here am I, I'll go. Um, but one of the neat things about Isaiah six that has fed my soul really well is that Isaiah six teaches us that we serve God, not because it's worth it, but because he's worthy. Amen. And the whole motive of Isaiah 6 is that God is such a God that I raise my hand and I volunteer and I serve, not because the bottom line at the end of the day of ministry is going to show profit. It's that God is worthy. And 
you know, when I look at the drought of ministry and those seasons that we go through in which there's not a lot of greenery, right? it, you know, we don't keep getting up every day and serving the Lord because we saw worth in what we did. Right. We do it because day in and day out, God is worthy of our serving him. You know, and then Romans 12, one and two says, Hey, that's reasonable service. Yeah. You know, that, that's why we do it because he is worthy. So I, I would say that one has probably impacted me more than anything else. I, um, I do richly enjoy missionary novels. Um, there's a series of missionary biographies called the history makers. You can recognize their titles because the covers of their books are all black and white and they take different perspectives of missionaries. And, um, you can't read those missionary novels without realizing it is ordinary and common to experience difficulty, drought, departures, you know, yeah. disappointment. Yeah. And in a weird way, that's comforting to know that what we're facing today isn't unique and new. Right. It has yeah. been that way. And you know, that, um, that famous passage we, we use at missions conferences all the time. Laborers are few fields are white unto harvest <laughs> in an odd way. I am encouraged that even in Jesus day, he was looking for laborers <laughs> and so am I. Yeah. And you know, it's nothing new. Yeah. Um, uh, years ago, um, I, I'm, I'll give you two more, uh, uh, years ago, I read a book called the memoirs of an ordinary pastor. Hmm. And it was written by D.A. Carson referencing yeah. kind of a biography of his dad. Okay. And it's a simple read. Um, his dad was not a flashy pastor in Canada that had rich fruit and a huge growing church. But what I took away from that book was that at the end of the day, what God honors is faithful men in ordinary ministry. Amen. And, um, I came out of a little, uh, just a little definition of faithfulness that has been a help to me. Um, maybe this will be a help to you and, and listeners, but faithfulness at its core is doing the right thing consistently, even though I don't see fruit immediately. Amen. And when God rewards us for faithfulness, it's not because of the fruit we saw. It's because we obeyed consistently. You know, we think that we'll only please God if there's fruit on the horizon, but that fruit is his job. Amen. My job is to be faithful and I can please God and, and have his favor. Even if my field looks like drought for a good portion of the ministry. So, Amen. so I guess uh, yeah. from what you're saying that there's that perfect balance between contentment with where you are, but yet walking by faith to where we need mm -hmm. to be. And I think that yeah. I love that definition. So that was, uh, was it the ordinary pastor? So what was the name of memoirs it? of an ordinary pastor by DA Carson about and, his father, uh, about his father. Yeah. About his father. He was just yeah. a small church pastor in Canada Wow. and served for years and would be one of those guys that probably, you know, you would look right over. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think of reading a man like his biography, wow. but now, you said, was there another one as well? You, you had mentioned another book. Um, you know, another one that has been really helpful, Kent Hughes oh. wrote a book years ago on... Um, liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome. From the Success Syndrome, yeah. yes. Liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. 
boy, that was a blessing and a help to me. And I, I go back to it quite often. I used to read it once a year and I've given away, I don't know how many copies, but it's written by Kent and Barbara Hughes. Cause I mean, she challenged him. Hey, what, what you better figure out what God's called you to do because this is pretty miserable. (laughs) So, or something (laughs) that's my take on what she told him. But I, I, I tell you, uh, Pastor Perry, I, I give it to I said, look, you and your wife both need to read this. So right. it is a go-to book, and I, I want to read the book D.A. Carson wrote as well. Uh, so let yeah. me ask you this. I mean, um, I, let, me, let me say this. I agree with you. Somebody gave me the biography of Jonathan Goforth as I was going mm-hmm. when I lost my eye or when I was losing my eye. And, and of course, he went blind on the mission field. And so when he came home, he only had um, sight in one eye. And then he actually lost sight in the other eye. So, mm-hmm. you know, we don't need to think we're the first ones to go through these trials in the ministry. So it's right. just um, I, I really appreciate your, your, your idea of going back to that. So, all right, so let me ask you a question. Um, what you, so people can know how to pray for you and the people out west. So mm-hmm. I know all of us think our ministries are unique, okay? But uh, describe for us some of the uniqueness of being in the West. Um, again, you're, for those listening and watching, just south of Sacramento or suburb of Sacramento, uh, you've been there 20 years, and um, you've got a vibrant congregation from the time I was there, so that's a blessing from God. But what, what are some of those, and again, I'm saying it 20 years later, I wasn't there when you, okay, when, when you right. planned the church. So what, what would you say uh, in, in order, and the way I want to, I would love for you to word this would be unique, but yet, hey, young man, come West. Okay, so what, mm-hmm. what are those unique opportunities there that you have, in, in, in especially in the California, that area, uh, that would draw a, a young man's heart to serve God there. Yeah. Uh, first, and this is my favorite one of all my reasons okay. that it's in California, you have the ability to fulfill the great commission and never leave your state. <laughs> you know, I can reach yeah. the uttermost parts yeah. of the earth and never leave Sacramento. Uh-huh. Um, the melting pot of California is such that we have all nationalities, all kinds of backgrounds and, I love the fact that I can truly reach the uttermost parts of the earth and stay right here. Wow. That's a pretty neat thing. Yeah. Um, my second favorite part about California is that there is very little hypocrisy here in our state. Um, who people are is who they're going to tell you they are. And, um, you know, as we interact with people, they're not going to blow smoke at us and tell us, you know, Hey, I I'm a Christian or I went to this church. Um, kind of what you see is who they really are. And I would much rather interact with someone like that than the person who kind of keeps throwing religion at me and how they were raised a certain way. And, um, so that's a real blessing. The third is just, um, there's really a lack of biblical foundation here amongst so many that when you have the opportunity to work with someone, you're working with a clean slate. And, you know, for instance, I, I prayed with someone here recently. And when I was finished praying for her in front of her, she told me she had never had anybody pray in front of her. 
She had actually never experienced someone praying until that moment. This is a lady probably in her mid forties who for all of her life living here, prayer was a completely new thing. Um, My wife and I gave another lady a Bible for the first time just the other day. She's never had one, never looked at one. And, and, you know, I even in the process of the conversation, I said, are you familiar with that verse that, you know, football players right underneath their eyes, John three sixteen, And she had no clue what that was. Um, and so I really enjoy the clean slate of working with folks that are very biblically illiterate. Um, it makes the good news of the gospel seem just a little bit better. Sure. Because they're not, they're not weaving through and, you know, kind of crawling their way through a whole lot of previous conceptions of it. Sure. It's brand new. And, and I yeah, love that. I should ask you this first. So what drew you West? I mean, I, I probably should have prefaced this. I should have said this before that last question. So what, what drew mm-hmm. you and your wife West to plant a church or to work and then plant a church? Well, initially, the man who led me to the Lord, who was very instrumental uh, when I got saved around 18 years of age, um, at that time, his son worked at Ironwood Christian Camp in Southern California. And in his process of trying to bring me to Christ, he kept dropping this thought. He said, hey, Ron, when you get saved, which I still smile about, he had a faith and an optimism that I was going to get saved. He, he said, when you get saved, you need to go to this place called Ironwood. And so really, I would tell people I was discipled as a new believer at a Christian camp in Southern California. But it was in that exposure right. um, that the Lord just began to grow a burden for California. And uh, but that's you're, really where it began. But you're yeah. a native of South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I. Um, you know, that's where I was born and raised yeah. and, but California is now home and where I've lived longer than anywhere else. So. Yeah. All right. So, uh, again, I, I was with you all out there and this is just a great need. I mean, uh, you know, part of what we do is help churches with interim pastors and I can list mm-hmm. church after church, after church, after church in California that right. not, I mean, interim, you know, they just need somebody. Um, right. you know, that, that has a burden to preach and teach and love people and love God. Right. So there is a right. huge, you can, you want to express that need in any way? I mean, I think you've done a pretty good job. Sure. Anything else you want to add to that? You know, over the last, uh, really the last two years, uh, the little tally that I have in my office, I'm aware right now of 14 churches mm. who are without a pastor here in just Northern California. Not um, all of California, that, just Northern California. Yeah, that's yeah. just Northern California. That would be uh, middle of the state north. Um, and there's more than that. Those are just the ones that I'm aware of. And they have pastors that either retired early, um, disqualified themselves in ministry, or they just they, they, they quit. Yeah. A um, lot of different reasons. Um, but, boy you know, there's, there's a ripeness for church planting, but even more so there's just a ripe opportunity right now to come into some small churches that just need a pastor. Yeah. And I would use the word revitalize right. those churches. Yeah. It's not really a replant. It's a revitalize. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, and, I, I felt bad. I, a pastor called me. Uh, I guess it was a deacon called me, and he says, Marsh, we have a paid-for building mm-hmm. in California, uh, I think two acres of property, a parsonage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they had 30 people or whatever it was. We have money to pay mm-hmm. a pastor, We, but we can you please help? So it's one of those things that, of course, your heart your heart goes out because this, I mean, that right, that's all up and down California. Is that true? Pretty much. That is true. Yeah. And, you know, that scenario you're describing would be unique. Um, you yeah. know, to have a parsonage right. paid for property, but, right. but there are churches like that all over California that are ready for a pastor. We just don't have anyone that has fit the bill yet or been willing and able. All right. Couple more questions, and I appreciate so much your time. So um, I, I met several of you. Hey, you guys. can take all my time. I love talking <laughs> about California and ministry. All right. So uh, I met you and several of you, the pastors in Northern California. Um, so wouldn't you say? Let's just say that a, a young man's in seminary or hears this, and or had been just searching for California. Um, wouldn't it be fair to say that one of you all would have him? just come to your church and visit for a week or so just to see mm-hmm. what life's about and try mm-hmm. to catch the burden. Wouldn't that, I mean, that would be a real possibility, right? That of, of the different men very, that you have contact so. with. Yeah. So, yeah. um, again, we'll put pastor Perry's, uh, email in the show notes so you can get in touch with them that way. Um, right. what else would you, if somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, if, if, a Again, a young pastor, what else would you recommend him doing to, to see if Cal, if California is where God wants him? Visit, I mean, obviously pray, visit. What, what, other, right. what other things would you recommend doing? Well, the visit really is key because, as we well know, the Lord seems to impact the heart through the gate of the eye. Yeah. And, and, you know, once we we can read about California, we can see it on television. Um, but it's until you actually interact and walk through crowds of people or stand on a hill and see a whole city that doesn't have a fundamental Bible preaching church in it. Um, it's just facts, you know, it's just data. Um, there is something about a visit that, uh, that makes a big impact. Um, you know, the other thing I, I think meeting and getting to know a couple of California pastors or men who are ministering in California, uh, there's just a unique breed of men out here. And there's a pioneer spirit amongst them. Uh, there's a faithfulness that kind of drip, just faithfulness. Right. Um, and you get around that and it's very enjoyable. It's sweet. And, um, there is, there's something about that that starts to, to fire up a fellow, you know, so praying is, is certainly, um, a big deal. But what I tell guys is don't pray about California from over there, come here and pray about it. <laughs> there you go. And, there you go. and, and yeah. just see what God does. All so. right. And all right. So as, as I've talked to some young preachers that come my way and, and one of the things they say over and over, I'm not sure about the West. I, I'm not sure I want to be all alone and, and wouldn't it yeah. be fair? I mean, I know you guys have an association of pastors, right? You have a, you have a group. So even mm-hmm. though you would be probably a single staff member in the church, cause most of the churches are small. I mean, y'all have a, y'all have a good working relationship with other churches, right? So you're really not alone. Yeah. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. Even though, I mean, this is a huge state. It, it takes hours to get right. across it. Yeah. Um, there is a fellowship of pastors in California that is sweeter than anywhere else I have seen. Yeah. And I think that air of loneliness that we're all separated, that when we are together, it's like a big family reunion. Sure. And it's sweet and enjoyable. And thanks to technology, we can stay in touch Amen. pretty consistently. As well as Ironwood hosts some pastors' conferences, right? So, I mean, there's there's a way to get together. Yes, there's a camp here in Northern California, Wolf Mountain. There's a camp in Southern California, Ironwood. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of opportunities to cross paths. Um, so it is, it is lonely because of space. You know, you got mileage right. between you. Right. But when you're together, it's a band of brothers that's pretty sweet. Good, good, It's good. pretty sweet. I just want to address that because I think some people think that oh, I'm out there. And I, I know the mission field. I don't want overlook a missionary's needs either because I right. know that can be good. Right. And that that's another reason. So we'll circle back to kind of where we started. That's another reason to be reeling, to be reading, fueling faithfulness, right? Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, I would be negligent if I didn't say this, I, I know guys who are in proximity with other guys who are still lonely because so much of loneliness is about how we interact with other people. It is. Well said. And the da- the danger of loneliness is if we're not careful, it isolates us more mm-hmm. because you kind of get a woe is me, um, yeah. kind of an Eeyore, you know, sure. mentality. And nobody wants to be around that. And the guy is close to people, but he pushes away from people because he's lonely. And uh, it's the turtle going you know, back when into we the find- shell. Yeah. Yeah. When we find ourselves in that spiral, as hard as it is, we got to ask ourselves, you know, is the reason I'm having friends because I'm friendly? Mm. And is the reason I'm not having friends because I'm not being friendly? And um, I think it's a, it's a quiet plague in ministry if we're not careful. And that is that we keep looking at each other for fulfillment. You know, I, I need somebody else to fulfill something, but the, the real joy of a God that we have is he fulfills my life. And when I'm full of him, I can yep. care about somebody else. It's, yep. Yep. we forget that. Our identity is in Christ over and yep. over and over. Okay. So tell if somebody wanted to subscribe to fueling faithfulness, how would they do that? <laughs> Boy, you're, you're selling me like this is something big and fancy. No, Here's as simple as it is. They, they email me and say, Hey, I want to be on the mailing list and I'll, okay. I'll add them to it. And it comes out about every two weeks. All right. And the beauty of it is they can just hit reply. It comes right back to me. Mm. And my goal is if they reply back, they'll get personal answers back and, and personal encouragement. And, uh, well, thanks for taking yeah, the I time would, to do that. All they have yeah. to do is just email me. I know. And, and, but you know, as the email starts mounting up and that, so thanks for taking the time to encourage others. I know what it means. Sure. You know, we, there, there are every pastor goes through seasons of discouragement and doubt. I don't care where you are, how you are. If you're on a staff or you're, or you're pastoring in Northern California, Southern California, or South Carolina. There are those seasons. So I just want to thank you for that. Okay. Any closing comments, anything else you want to say to fellow pastors that, that, uh, may encourage them or challenge them? Any, any other words here? Hey, can I, um, leave us with my favorite verse this week? Absolutely. Would that work? Yep. 
All right. It's in this really obscure book in the Old Testament where our pages still stick together. But uh, the, the Lord showed it to me. And uh, if somebody subscribes and emails me about uh, fueling faithfulness, it's what they get to hear next. So here's the sneak peek. All right, good. Uh, it's, the book is Zephaniah. Okay. And uh, Zephaniah is not that book we go to for encouragement because yeah. Zephaniah feels like it's got all these little dark clouds of doom and despair. Yeah. Um, but here, listen to this verse. It's uh, Zephaniah 3, verse 16. It closes with these words. Let not thy hands be slack. Okay, so don't stop. Don't let go of what we've got. And here's his reason. The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee, and he is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love, and he will joy over thee with singing. Amen. That is just sweet. Um, So the guy who thinks he's alone, God says, nope, I'm in the midst of thee. Yep. And the guy who thinks he doesn't have what it takes to do it, God says, the God who's in the midst of thee is mighty, and he's mighty to save. And he says, hey, I rejoice over thee with joy. So the guy who feels like he can't please anybody in his church right now, um, God says, I'm pleased, mm-hmm. and you bring me joy. And then the phrase is, he will rest in his love. It, it's a pretty sweet thought. God says, he quiets us by his steadfast love. Amen. And that it's also addresses the season of drought, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a good verse. It's worth uh, writing, putting it on the dashboard of your truck, yeah. putting it on the mirror when you're shaving. And uh, yeah. it's even good for guys like me just to preach. So <laughs> It's great. It's great. The only problem, one time, uh, just a confession time here, when I first really became a member of a Bible-believing church and started understanding Scripture memory. So, you know, we put yeah. the, and what what did you say? Put the card over the, you know, the dash of your car or whatever. I put it right over yeah. the gas gauge. And, you know, I was sitting there, yeah. I, I was out, the car wouldn't crank, wouldn't crank. And so I called for help. I said, okay, I'll grab my Scripture memory card while I go inside and wait. This is before cell phones. <laughs> So I take yeah. out the card and guess what there? Empty gas yeah. tank. So I was so spiritually minded, I wasn't any earthly good. So <laughs> don't put it over your gas gauge. All right. I don't, hey. know if it's, I don't know if it's better to put it over the gas gauge or over the speedometer. Well, so. there you go. There you go. Hey, now wait, you do some chaplain work too, right? Don't yes, I? Yes, I work with our police department here in town. All right. So, so that's when you said that made me think. I, I forgot about that ministry. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing yeah. that as well. Okay, Pastor Ron Perry, thank you so much. Uh, Great to hear from you and great to interview you. And I know this will be a blessing to many people. And again, your email address will be in the show notes. So if you want to subscribe to Fueling Faithfulness, uh, be sure and go to those. And again, just a reminder, I want to thank all the GFA staff for their support in making the podcast possible, a chance to interview people like Pastor Perry. And again, this will be the last podcast until September 5th, and then we will launch back out. So, brother, hope you have a great summer, and it's good talking to you. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.